Well, tonight uh, we are starting a new series of messages called Your Next Steps. And in this emphasis, in this emphasis we're going to have, I want to share with you some of the most critical decisions that you can make in your spiritual journey. Whether you're a brand new person, you say, you know what? I'm trying to understand, I want to give my life to Christ, I want to begin this walk with Him, what do I do now? What is next for me? But to be honest with you, there are some of us in this room that have been Christians for years, some for decades, and to be honest with you, it's time to get some things jump-started. It's time to kind of double back around and be reminded and be rekindled on some things that maybe you know in your head, but God needs to stir your heart about again right now in your spiritual walk. And I want to say to you that these are some choices that have provided critical turning points in the lives of many Christians. And I want to make you a guarantee tonight. If you will take seriously what we are going to learn together from the Lord over the next few weeks, I guarantee you, your life will never be the same. I guarantee you tonight. If you will listen to what God has to say from His Word to us, And if you and I will respond and receive his message, I believe that God is going to change your life. The first one we're going to talk about tonight is the topic of baptism. One of the most important steps that you can ever take in your spiritual walk, in your walk with God, is by publicly declaring your faith as a believer in Jesus Christ through baptism. A few weeks ago, Pastor Chris was uh, baptizing some people here in our church family. Praise the Lord, we love to see baptisms, amen? Got another one coming up in a few weeks, on, I believe the weekend of August 1st and 2nd. But I remember uh, Pastor Chris was baptizing this person and he said, Okay, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And he baptized her and she came back up. I couldn't help it. I just, you know, sometimes you're reminded of things when you hear stuff. I couldn't help it. I snickered a little bit. I tried not to because it was a wonderful, you know, seeing this person get baptized. But I, but I thought of this story, this little girl that I heard about that went to her first baptism at church. She came home and her mom ran her bath water and she's sitting there playing the bathtub. She had her Barbies and her mom's kind of walking through the hallway and she hears her little daughter say, she says, she, she's kind of repeating back what she heard at the service that day. She says, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father. And of the Son, and in the hole you go. And she, 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 she takes that Barbie and she pokes her down that hole, the drain of the bathtub. Now that little girl, she was, she, was, she was on the right track. You know, she was, she was thinking in the right direction. But she had a little bit, uh, she was a little bit off in her understanding about baptism. And some of us are as well tonight. But I want to share with you that God wants to teach us about this. Why is that? Because some of us tonight need to understand what baptism is and why it's so important. Because God is wanting to speak to you about taking this step in your spiritual walk. Others of us, there are people around you that are seeking spiritual answers, that are wanting to understand what it means to walk with God. And you need to be equipped tonight. You need to have a better grip, a better understanding of what this is all about so that when God brings people across your path you'll be better able to talk through with them what baptism is. And sometimes we need to talk about what baptism is not. What God did not intend for it to mean and to be about. There are some of us here tonight that maybe you have been baptized. Maybe you have publicly declared your faith in Christ. But I pray that as you listen intently tonight to God's message in His Word, 
that God's going to stir in you a reminder of the decision you made and the commitment, the statement, the profession that you were making, and maybe that you haven't really been living that life that God called you to live, and He's going to speak to you as we talk about baptism tonight. So if you want to know what baptism is about, I want to start with this. First of all, well, let me just share with you. You can turn over to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 6. One of the classic passages in God's Word, if you really want to understand about baptism. But before we start digging in, as you turn over to Romans chapter 6, before we dig into Romans chapter 6, I want to share this with you. If you want to know what baptism is all about, first of all, write this down. Baptism means that I've made a decision in my, in my life that I will obey God. I've made a decision that I'm going to obey the Lord. Now, it's nice for us to understand the Lord. It's nice for us to understand His ways. Uh, The Bible says that God wants us to understand His ways. It's good for us to understand it so that we can worship Him, so that it uh, brings more meaning to our relationship with Him. And so it's good for us to understand why God asks us to do what He calls us to do. God wants us. Jeremiah 9 verse 24 says that one of God's goals for us is to understand and know His ways. Okay, so it's good for us to understand things, but I want to say to you tonight, at least for a little while, sometimes in our spiritual walk, things may not make sense to us. Okay? And sometimes, even though something doesn't make sense to you, God calls you to do something. Are you listening? God calls you to do something that doesn't make sense to you, but you should do it just because God says, this is what I want you to do with your life. I was talking with someone the other day who's beginning their spiritual walk, and they said to me, they said, Pastor Robbie, there's a particular area of my life that God's been speaking to me about, and I've got to be honest with you, that does not make sense to me. I'm very clear. I'm learning. I'm understanding what His Word says about this area of my life, but I've got to be honest with you, just from my common sense or my own viewpoint, my perspective, I don't really in that sense agree with what God says about that. But I've got to be honest with you, the Lord says it, I can see it very clearly, and I'm just going to do what he says. Amen. They got it. Amen? And for some of us, it's that way about baptism. You see, because for some of us, it doesn't make sense. I know the Lord. I've given my life to him. He's forgiven me. He's washed my sins away. I'm beginning a walk with him Why is it necessary for me to stand up in front of all of you and get in a tub of water and tell everybody that I've done that? Many people feel that way. Maybe some of you feel that way tonight. Now, there's a lot more to baptism that we need to understand, and we're going to talk about more of that here in just a moment. But really, ultimately, it comes down to an obedience issue. God tells us that if you are a follower of mine, that you should make that public by being baptized publicly as a believer in Jesus Christ. Over and over again, we find this illustrated in the New Testament. When you become a Christian, you should let that be known by being baptized. Let me give you some verses. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. The passage that that many Christians recognize as the mission that God has given to us, the marching orders... What are we supposed to do between the time that we receive Christ and by the time that we die and we go be with Him or, when he, or he returns one day? He said, this is what I want you to do. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. God said, here's what I want you to do. I want the whole world, remember our whiteboard? Hey kids, I want you to take the message to everybody, see you when I get back. Do you remember that? We actually, I just saw it again today. We haven't, we haven't, I guess everybody's afraid to erase it because, you know, but, but it's on my refrigerator still. The Lord reminded me today, maybe we should have a whiteboard with the message on, amen? But uh, that's the message that God has given to us. I want you to take this message to everybody and listen, as they respond, as they receive me, I want you to baptize them. I want you to, to give them the opportunity to publicly acknowledge that. And then I want you to teach them or train them or grow them up as followers of mine. Incidentally, that last piece is why that teach them to follow him, that to teach, the, teach those disciples his commandments, is why many times, most of the time, when someone is baptized here at New Hope, they are also becoming a partner together with us as a part of this church family. Because God says, go out, lead them to the Lord, baptize them, publicly declaring themselves as disciples, and then you help them grow up into a disciple of mine. Well, let's look at some other examples in God's Word. Listen, we see very clearly in the Bible, people accept Christ, and then when they accept Christ, they get baptized. That's just what they do. Acts chapter 2, verses um, 40 and 41, it says, and, and Peter was preaching, and it says, with many other words... He solemnly testified. He poured out his heart and kept on exhorting them and challenging them and encouraging them, saying, be saved, be rescued from this perverse generation, from this messed up world that we live in. And it says, so then those who had what? Received Received his word. There were people that heard the good news, that heard the message from Peter that Christ had come, that he died on the cross, that he paid for our sins, that they could be forgiven of their sins. Those people, many of them received that message. And what happened? They were baptized. I mean, just as soon as they became Christians, they were baptized. And by the way, it says that day there were 3,000 people that made that decision. Absolutely incredible. Acts chapter 8, a few chapters over. Verses 12 through 13. It says that some of uh, Jesus' disciples were sharing with some people. And it says in verse 12, but what? When When they believed, when they believed Philip preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they did what? They were being baptized, men and women alike. The Bible says that God's servant was sharing this amazing story. And people were like, wow, that's what I need to do with my life. They gave their life to Christ. They, they asked him to be their savior. And then immediately they said, okay, let's go find some water. In fact, a few verses down, the Ethiopian eunuch, he says, let's go find some water. Because I want to go ahead and just let everybody know, the world know that I'm a follower of Jesus. You can go look up 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 16. Just another example in the New Testament where the Apostle Paul is speaking to some believers. And you can tell when you read that passage, you can tell that, that it's just assumed that everybody that was part of that church who had given their life to Christ had been publicly baptized as a believer. Friends, listen. Honestly, we have come up with the notion of being a Christian and not being baptized. Did you hear me? We came up with that. The New Testament doesn't seem to think of that as an option. Do you hear what I'm saying? We as believers have come up with the ability in our minds to kind of say, I've accepted Christ 
And then later, I'm going to do this thing that the Bible talks being baptized. But that's not what you see. If you just want to be a Bible-believing Christian, okay? We're not talking about religion. We're not talking about your way, my way, New Hope's way. If you want to be a Bible-believing Christian, if you've accepted Christ, you're ready to do what? You're ready to declare it. Baptism is critical because it says, you know what? God told me to do this, and I'm just going to go ahead and make it a habit. When God tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to obey God. But let's turn over to Romans chapter 6. As I shared, that is really one of, if not the classic passages in the Bible that talks about, listen friends, we're talking about, hey, I'm a Christian. I want to follow God. I want to walk in His ways. What is my next step? What are some things that God has for me? Baptism, for many of us, is the very next step in your Christian walk. Baptism means, the Bible says in verses 1 through 4, that I am not the same person. You see, baptism, friends, is a picture. Pictures represent a reality, don't they? Pictures show something else that is real, that is true. Look at verses 1 through 4. Paul says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase or may abound? He says, may it never be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Now, Paul is transitioning from something he was talking about in chapter 5, but he's going, he's, he's, as he's talking about that, he moves towards the topic of baptism. He says, or do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore... We have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might also walk what? In newness of life. If you read Romans chapter 1 through 5, the Bible, the Apostle Paul is led by God to give an incredible description of what your salvation. If you're a child of God, read Romans 1 through 5, the amazing gift that we've been given. And what he says in chapter 6 is, you know, there are some people, and you'll hear some people say this. You'll hear some Christians say this. They'll say, well, if grace, if God's gift is so free, then I can just accept the gift. I mean, we're just kind of thinking here, right? If God's gift is free and doesn't cost me anything and not based on any merit or any good works that I do, I could receive the gift and then I could just live like I want to. Some people have said that. Some Christians believe that. I'll accept God's ticket to heaven. I'll, be, I'll become a Christian. And then I'll just go ahead and do what I was going to do anyway. And then I'll go to heaven and get to ride all the rides free and get in like Great Escape, you know. And it'll just be a great time. And I'll just have everything. I'll live the way I wanted to and I'll still go to heaven. You know what Paul says to that? May it never become. May that never take place. He said that is absolutely ridiculous. That should never be our thought process. Yes, you and I as believers are still going to mess up. That's a euphemism for sin. (laughs) We're still going to do the wrong things, aren't we? We're still going to make poor choices from time to time and not obey the Lord. But listen, the issue here in this passage is enjoying it. Are you hearing me? Is The issue here is practicing it. The Bible says that if you are a believer, you should not be comfortable living in a state of disobedience to God. If I'm a child of God, I cannot live there because, and listen, my baptism is a reminder of that. 
my baptism reminds me that I said that there came a point in my life where Robbie, the old Robbie, thank the Lord, amen, the old Robbie died, watch this, that's what baptism indicates, the old Robbie died with Christ, his death becomes my death, praise the Lord, because his death was enough, amen, if it was my death and your death, it would be eternally not enough, separated from God. But he says, I'll die for you. So his death becomes my death. And thank the Lord, now his life becomes my life. And so my baptism reminds me. There came a point in my life when the old Robbie, he died. And so I can't live like that guy anymore. Amen? Baptism means I'm not the same person that I used to be. In fact, it helps us to understand what the word baptize actually means. Before the Lord wrote the New Testament and actually baptized the word baptized, the Lord took that word and made it a religious word, if you want to use that terminology, made it a Christian word. But it was a word that was used in the Greek culture that meant to immerse something, to cover something. We might say to drench something or for something to be totally saturated. If we go outside one day this week, I mean, it was a beautiful week, but one day this week, it absolutely poured. Okay? And I laid down my umbrella. And somebody picked it up. First of all, I never carry an umbrella. The one time I lay it down, somebody accidentally picked it up. But you know what? If I go out in that rain without that umbrella, I'm going to get soaked. I'm going to get drenched. I'm, I'm going to get poured on. That is the idea. When you see the word baptized, see... We are so used to that as a Christian word that we just think of it with those religious connotations, right? As the faith connotations. And certainly we should, but I want you to get the sense of it. The word baptized, and listen, it means I'm covered. I'm completely saturated. If you want to say, he's all over me. Amen? My baptism, when I got baptized, said, I just want you guys to see what's already happened in my heart. I went under. I was buried in Christ, and I'm just completely covered. There wasn't any part of my body that didn't get wet, amen? Just in terms of the water, that was an indicator. That was a picture that that when I came to Christ, there was no part of my body that wasn't covered and saturated and immersed in Christ and all that He is. Let me give you a verse, actually, in the Bible that uses it in that way, that immersion idea of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul, in talking about, he's talking about a different situation. He's talking about the Israelites and how they didn't live for God many times. He says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Okay, he's alluding to some things that happened in the Old Testament. And he says, and they were all what? They were baptized in a cloud? If we think of it as we usually think of baptism, we say, baptized in a cloud? That doesn't make sense. It actually brings up for me the question that I've often wondered about. Can we baptize in snow? It's water. I mean, but, 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 but that's not really what he's talking about. It'd be cold, baptism, amen. Most of the water stays cold anyway. But, but what he's talking about there is those people, they were covered by God's work. God, was, God had just saturated them, and He was all around them, all over them, and yet they still disobeyed Him. 
Okay, But again, I'm just sharing with you a word that is found in the New Testament that actually uses baptism, not in the sense that we normally think of it as getting baptized in water or being baptized by the Holy Spirit. That word just means I'm covered, I'm saturated. And so when you hear the word baptism, you should hear covered, immersion. And you should think, you know what? That is an indicator that I was completely drenched by Christ and His blood. There was no part of my life that was not touched by Him. That speaks to me, how about you? Because there are some parts of my life that I many times have holding out on, right? But that's not what my baptism says. My baptism in a picture says what happened in my heart. I gave Jesus all that I am. I'm not that same person anymore. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what? He is a new creation, a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. By the way, what this is talking about is one of the reasons why it's important to be baptized as a believer. You never see infant baptism in the Bible. Okay? Now, we're looking at, we're looking at, we got to draw a distinction. We all come from different backgrounds. Some from no church background, some from heavy church background, but it was a lot of religion and not Bible. Okay? And so you got to begin to sort of break apart what was God and what was some stuff that man came up with. You do not find infant baptism in the Bible. That is something that man came up with. And because of that, baptism became something that can actually, being in that water, is something that many churches say will actually save you, forgive you of your sins. The Bible does not teach that at all whatsoever. It is only by grace, through faith, trusting in Christ that we are forgiven for our sins. So it's always an individual hears God's offer and personally puts our trust in Him and are changed. What we're talking about is also why we need to understand that baptism cannot, it does not save us. The baptism that we're talking about is water baptism. If you want to talk about, about a baptism that saves you, the baptism that saves you is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And there's a lot of misunderstanding about that. We won't have time to dig into that tonight. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when you receive Christ, you got dunked in Christ. Remember we talked about it. You were buried truly in Christ, under His blood, covered by Him. But I didn't see that. I can't see in your heart. And so God gave us a picture, water baptism, so that we can show through our public indication what's already happened in our heart. But water baptism is obviously in the Bible a picture. It is not the reality. It's not a replacement for the real thing. Baptism means I'm not the same person, but it also means I identify with God. Look at verses 5 through 11 in uh, Romans chapter 6 again. It says, for if we have become what? united with him, with Christ, in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be, implied there, is united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is freed from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Christ. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again, praise the Lord. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once 
for all. For all time and for all of us. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, in the same way that can be translated, it is in some of your translations, in the same way, so consider yourselves to be dead to sin but alive to God in Jesus Christ. Baptism shows that I identify myself with God. I have been united with Christ in the likeness of his resurrection. Actually, that can be translated, I have been planted with him. I have been joined with him. It's actually much heavier than that. I have become kindred with him. I have become, it's a very, it's a difficult word to translate. I have become tied closely. In fact, joined, tied so closely together, actually the word can mean we've been birthed together. It's almost like Jesus went through the birth canal And he pulled me with it. That's a little bit graphic, but that's the idea here. I can't get any closer to Christ than I have been brought and united. Amen? You ever hear the phrase, bosom buddies? You ever hear the phrase, those people are, those two guys are joined at the hip? What does that mean? It means they're the closest of friends. They're the best of friends. They're inseparable. That seems to be the idea here. I have been joined with Christ, and my baptism is a reminder. I could not possibly be any more closely identified and connected with God than I am because of Christ. Isn't that awesome? We talked about the definition of the word earlier. Remember, it means saturation. It means covering. I hope this transforms the way you think of baptism. That you don't just think of that as a term that, yeah, I see people get in water and they're saying they're a Christian. No, you think of yourself as, I've been baptized. I've declared that in my heart, I have been, my life has been completely covered and saturated by Christ. And God gave us a picture for that. Think of a couple of pictures that I've heard many people talk about a wedding ring. Okay? A wedding ring does not make you married. You can go to the jeweler and buy a ring today and walk around and just, Pretend like you're married, but you're not married. You can have a ring and not be married, right? The most important thing is to truly be married. And guys, I would highly encourage it. If you are married, you better be wearing that ring, boy. Because the ladies look, I've found out, okay? Why? We look because that indicates something, doesn't it? If somebody doesn't wear their ring, we say, what's going on? What's wrong? Why, why don't they have, yeah, let's see some people giving some proof, okay? It's okay as long as your wife sees it, all right? But, but that ring says, I'm married, and I want you to know about it, right? I like to describe it like a jersey. Okay, you wear a jersey, you put on a jersey, Look, you can go out and get a Yankees jersey. You can get a bona fide, for real, Derek Jeter jersey. But I'm sorry, you're not on the team. (laughs) Derek Jeter is on the team. And because he's on the team, they give the guy a jersey. And he wears the jersey so that when he goes out on the field, you know he's with the Yankees, right? Right? I mean, what if he was ashamed to wear his jersey? 
What if you said, you know, I'm not wearing mine. I'm just going to wear, you know, like an Under Armour shirt or whatever, you know. And I'm not going to wear my jersey. Or, or, or what if you sat around with this jersey at home? You know, sometimes people ask, you know, can I have a private baptism, you know, just where nobody's around? And I understand that. I understand. Nobody, trust me, I do this every week. Nobody wants to be in front of everybody. Amen? And so, you know, sometimes people say, can I just have a private baptism? Well, on your team, you play softball, you play football, whatever. You sit at your house with your jersey, but then when you go to your games, you don't put your jersey on. That would be weird, wouldn't it? If you're on the team, you wear your jersey. You're not ashamed. And the Bible says in Matthew 10, verses 32, and I think down through verse 33, that Jesus says, whoever confesses me before men, I'll confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever is not willing to confess me before men, I will not confess him before my Father who is in heaven. And I think what he's saying there is if, if I don't, if I'm not able to publicly share that Christ is my Savior, is he really my Savior? This is very important. See, my baptism says, I, I'm not ashamed of Christ. I it doesn't mean I'm not nervous. It doesn't mean I'm not scared. It doesn't mean it's a little nerve-wracking, you know. It's a little embarrassing to get in that big tub and get all wet and everything. But, you know, get over yourself. Amen? Just get out and have fun. Just praise the Lord. Worship Him. Quit thinking so much about yourself and all, you know, and looks and all that kind of thing. And just think about that. Number one, what do we say the first thing? I'm obeying God. There's great joy in that. Obedience brings blessing. But I'm also telling everybody, I'm not the same as I used to be. I just want to show y'all. And I'm also saying, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. He's my Savior. He's changed my life. And I want everybody to know that. Listen, friends. This is why, if you're a Christian here tonight, I'm not trying to make you feel bad or guilty. or I'm just trying to encourage you to look at God's Word. It's why, if you are a believer... And you haven't been baptized publicly as a believer. It feels weird to you. It feels not right. It would feel like I'm Jeter. I'm running out on the field. And it feels like everybody else has something I don't. It feels like something's missing. Yeah. Go back in the locker room. Put on your jersey, big guy. Just put on your jersey. That's what's missing. If you're here tonight and you've not publicly... And listen, some of us have gone to church. People tell me they hear more about baptism at New Hope than they've ever heard in their life. That's because it's in the Bible. I mean, that's why we're talking about it. But unfortunately, many churches never talk about being baptized. That blows me away. But many of us just say, well, I just didn't know. God bless you. You didn't know, but now you're seeing. That's what God's Word teaches. The last thing is this. Baptism means I want to live differently. The problem many times I find in church is that we don't do a very good job of communicating God's message clearly. God doesn't give us just a bunch of hoops to jump through like baptism just for the sake of doing them or just for some meaning, meaningless empty ritual or event. The reason we're trying to study baptism is so that we understand why am I supposed to participate in this? Because if we didn't understand the meaning behind it, wouldn't it just sort of feel like a religious thing? Okay, I go to church. This is what God says I'm going to do it. But God explains to us some of the meaning behind it. it it's, it's something He's commanded me to do. 
It's something that I want to do to show that my life has been changed. It's something that I want to do to show that I'm not ashamed of Christ. By the way, around the world, many people lose their life after they get baptized. Because it's the marker. It's the public indication. I'm a follower of Jesus. But all of that together is really for this purpose. Baptism is just an indicator that I want to live my life differently now. Look at what it says in verses 12 to 13. Last week, Joe mentioned this in uh, Romans. Uh, praise the Lord for Joe and his message last week. Amen. But it says in verse 12, it says, Therefore, okay, anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, it, you need to ask yourself, what is it therefore? It says, therefore, I like to translate that in light of the fact, okay? So what you do is you back up to what was just being talked about, all that we just talked about, about baptism, okay, all that. He says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts or its sinful desires. Now listen to this, you're about to say it. Listen to the words you're going to say. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as, see this picture, as instruments of unrighteousness. But do what? Present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members, or that, that's just your body parts, the parts of your body, present those as instruments of righteousness to God. He gives a very visual picture of what all this means for your life. It means that I've said, I've stated, I've intended, but now that I actually do, I truly have intended to give God complete control of this body. Do you see that in these verses? Look at the wording that he uses. He says, therefore, in light of all that, do not let sin... Rain, have control of your mortal body so that you obey its lust. And I love this word picture. When I sin, and I've thought about this many times in my spiritual walk, when I sin, I'm handing my body over to the enemy. I'm saying here, this is God's, but you can use it. You can use this mouth to hurt. You can use these eyes to destroy. You can use these ears to tear down. You can use these hands or these feet to produce hurt and destruction. That's, I mean, it cannot get any clearer, clear, can it? Do not go on. Because you've been baptized, it's saying, I intended to live my life different now. Not perfect, amen? Because some people think that. Some people think you've got to be perfect before you get baptized. If that's the case, nobody's qualified. The qualification is, have you given your life to Christ? Have you truly given your life to Christ? Received Him as your Savior? But he says, what you've said is, I no longer want to hand my life over. See how practical that is? See how daily that is? See how real that is? When I leave church and I stop at Subway or I stop at the gas station or I get on the phone, when I get home, not on the way, when I, whatever I do, you should think of yourself. Those choices that you're making throughout the day, I have two choices. I can hand my life over to the use of the enemy and my body be used as an instrument of unrighteousness. I don't like the sound of that. Amen? 
I don't want to do that anymore. Yes, I know I'm going to from time to time. But I'm going to ask God to cleanse me of that and move on. But he says, instead of that, instead of doing that, he says, but present yourselves to God. I love that picture. Well, yes, that's what I want to do. Amen. That's what I want to do. That is what I meant. When I got baptized, I said, I want to live for God. Amen. Not just a concept. I want to give my life to God. I want to, again, there, it was there in Romans 12, to, to hand over your body as a living sacrifice, which is really the only acceptable thing to do in worshiping God. The only really acceptable response to God is just here. Take me. As those alive from the dead and present your members, your body parts, as instruments of righteousness to God. What a turnaround! My baptism meant no more junk, only blessing is my intention. Amen? That's, that's what I want my life to be about. You're like, I never knew it was all that. Well, praise the Lord, that's why we're studying tonight. So I hope you begin to see that baptism itself is not the point. The point is, God changed my life. And I want that to show. All these ways that we've talked about tonight. As we look at Romans chapter 6, and as we consider baptism tonight, there's a question a lot of people ask. Well, and this, this sort of helps clarify some of that. Well, why was Jesus baptized? Well, number one, that shows you that baptism is not for the forgiveness of sins. Water baptism does not wash anybody's sins away because Jesus was sinless. But also, Jesus' baptism gives us clarity about the organic, pure meaning of what baptism represents. Listen, this helped me so much when I began to realize it. Jesus was baptized to point towards the cross. He was foreshadowing the cross, his work on the cross. We're baptized as a reminder looking back at what he did. But it's all very simply about his death, burial, and resurrection. He pointed forward and said, I'm going to die for you, be buried and rise again. We say, I believe that you died for me, were buried and rose again. And I receive your death as my death and your life as my life. It's very simply what baptism is. It's a picture of the cross. The price that Christ paid for you and me. And a reminder of the resurrection that he came out of that grave. And He offers us life. If we will trust in the work that He has done, we can start eternal life right now and live forever and ever. Isn't that awesome? If that has happened to you, why wouldn't you want to tell somebody about it? Amen? I mean, and it could just be as practical as, I I just didn't know. I've never heard before. Or I thought it was just some religious ritual, but I just want the relationship with God part. No, I hope you're beginning to see tonight. It is a component of your relationship with God. We are not baptized in order to be saved. Not baptized in water. We're baptized by the Holy Spirit at our salvation. We're baptized in order to demonstrate we are saved. Tonight, is God speaking to your heart? Is it really that simple? This is it for me. I mean, if you look at the people in the Bible, sometimes people, I hear people, you know, you need to have classes. Am I ready to get baptized? 
Listen, here's your qualifications for baptism. Do you understand the good news? And have you received it? That's what you need. Do you understand and have you received? Now, we need to grow people and disciple them as they become believers, right? But the qualification, if you look in the Bible for being baptized, is do you know the Lord? If you know the Lord, congratulations, you're ready. Amen? It's time to move forward. So I want to encourage you tonight. If you're a brand new disciple of Jesus, we'd love to talk with you about how to move forward. This is my next step. There's just no, there's not even any praying about it. I know. That's what the Bible says. I'm ready to do it. For some of us tonight, you've been baptized as a believer in Christ. But maybe tonight God's shown you that it was just religious ritual. Maybe you were an infant. And you say, well, I wasn't changed. I didn't even know what I was doing. I believe your parents were trying to do the best that they could to honor the Lord and raise you right. Unfortunately, some church did not represent really what God's Word teaches. But tonight, now that you know, now that you have the opportunity to make that decision, you say, I want to be baptized as a believer, publicly my own decision. I want to caution one group of people in this room tonight. I know how it is. You're sitting in a message. Are we talking about baptism? No, that's not for me. I'm waiting for next week. I'll just take some notes and whatever. Text somebody. Look at what we're having for supper tomorrow. I hope you didn't do that. Because I hope God spoke to your heart about, you know what? You need to be reminded what this was about, the statement that you made. Are you living in light of that profession that you made? Are you living a changed and changing life through the power of Christ? Did God speak to you tonight through your own baptism? I remember it, and I meant it, but tonight, God, I've moved away from that. Tonight, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, that is by far and away the most critical decision. Baptism. Listen, here's what I tell people. <laughs> I want to go to Hawaii. Okay, kids. Let's get under this sign that says, Welcome to Hawaii, and take a picture. We take a picture. We put it up on my desk. Welcome to Hawaii. There's the Langford family. You ever been to Hawaii? No. We, we got the picture, though. Tonight, baptism is just a picture of an amazing reality. The God of the universe is offering to you forgiveness in life. Tonight, don't worry about the picture. Let's worry most of all about the reality. Have you ever experienced a life-changing relationship with God? Have you ever received Christ as your personal Savior? You can right now tonight. Right now, this very moment. You say, after one message, these people in the, in the book of Acts, they heard a message and they're, yes, I'm ready. That's what I'm looking for. Now, please, God, be my Savior bow together and I'm going to let you just talk to the Lord about whatever he's speaking to your heart about I want to talk to that person the last person I was just speaking if you're ready tonight would you say Jesus thank you thank you for dying for me thank you for doing for me what I could not do for myself and tonight I receive your gift I understand the offer the free gift that you're offering to me of forgiveness and relationship 
And I invite you to come into my life tonight. Wash my sins away and be my Savior. I want to be baptized, immersed, covered by the Spirit of God. Would you do that work in me right now? Thank you, God. Thank you for saving me. Father, would your Spirit just move across this room and all of our hearts. Start some new fires and fan some older ones, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.